Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Today's episode is going to be about a woman by the name of Louise Hay, who has had a profound impact on the lives of millions of people, including ourselves. Yeah. In fact, Louise Hay was probably one of my first introductions to some of the concepts surrounding the work I do now. Yeah, and the information that we're going to be sharing about Louise and her life's work uh, was sourced from louisehay.com. And of course, her most famous book, You Can Heal Your Life. Yeah, mom's got it right there. Very well used. Um, Yeah, mom's looks well used. I should have brought mine. Mine looks like brand new out of the package, but it's because I haven't used mine a whole lot yet. Yeah, and (laughs) the cat has chewed the corner of mine. It's it's worn pretty well, so... Uh, Who is Louise Hay? Louise is known as one of the founders of the self-help movement and was discussing the connections between mind, the body, and emotions way back in the mid-1970s. At that time, she began recording her findings of the connections between physical ailments and their probable mental or metaphysical causes and associations. Yeah, and she not only documented those findings, but also developed a self-treatment program with positive thought patterns, which one could use for reversing illnesses and reestablishing their health. And so this work was the basis of her first book, Heal Your Body. Yeah, and a few years after uh, she got those findings together, Louise used her own philosophies when she herself was diagnosed with cervical cancer. She refused all medical interventions and instead began an intensive alternative therapy program based around affirmations, visualizations, nutritional cleansing, psychotherapy, and a few other modalities. And within six months, she uh, had completely healed herself of cancer. That's amazing. And in 1984, Louise compiled her previous work to publish her best known book, So That You Can Heal Your Life which educates readers about the connections between your beliefs and ideas and their effects, like the effects that they have on their, on your body. So her method not only educates, but it gives suggestions on using certain tools to change our thinking and turn affecting our health for the better. Yeah. The book has been shared worldwide. Um, It ended up translated into 25 languages and it was being sold in 33 different countries. So that's pretty amazing. Um, that same book, You Can Heal Your Life, spent 13 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list and more than 50 million copies have been sold throughout the world. And then years later, after appearing on Oprah, her book once again moved to the New York uh, Times bestsellers list for a second time. And this marked the first time that it had ever happened like that in history where the book had been on and then years later it came back around to do a second round of uh, the bestsellers list Hmm. and louise went on to teach lecture write and publish many more books and having sold over 50 million worldwide 
Um, she even began a publishing company named Hay House Inc., which turned into a prosperous corporation that publishes books for many other recognizable names, many in the self-help movement. And she also established the Hay Foundation, which is a nonprofit that aids diverse organizations and crisis causes. And then in 2017, uh, Louise passed away at the age of 90. Yeah. When she was alive, Louise spoke, wrote, and taught uh, her beliefs, including taking ownership of all areas of our lives. Uh, sometimes that's not the easiest or funnest uh, area to be looking in, but uh, she really felt it was an important part of the work that she did. She believed the thoughts that we think and the words we speak create our experiences in life and that our beliefs attract certain behaviors to us, meaning that what we believe and project can come back to us. She also felt that the resentment of others, criticism of ourselves, guilt over the past and fear of the future are some of the most damaging mental patterns that can cause, create, and also maintain disease in the body. And the word disease meaning dis and ease, like your body not being at ease. So blaming others and not taking responsibility in our own lives can be exceptionally problematic. Uh, she believed that all disease comes from a state of unforgiveness, actually. Yeah. And with, when disease happens, we need to look around for her, who or what it is that we need to forgive. So often the ones we find most difficult to forgive are the things um, we need to let go of the most. So Louise also believed that we choose our thoughts and can choose positive thoughts instead of negative ones. And because feelings follow thoughts, if we change the thought, we won't have the same feeling. So that makes a lot of sense, but it obviously can be quite difficult at times, but it is possible. So through her work, Louise noted that everyone has an inner belief that they are not good enough and pointed out that if this belief is strong enough, then how can anyone possibly create a loving or joyous and prosperous, healthy life if they're always working against what their subconscious believes so it's kind of you're contradicting yourself yeah it's it is difficult to stay on top of your thoughts to always be choosing positive ones instead of negative ones and I totally understand you know what she was saying there like you know and it resonates with me and I'm sure with you and a lot of our uh, listeners as well that you know having this inner belief that we're not good enough sometimes to, you know, do the thing or, or, uh, you know, feel certain successes in our lives, we can do a real number on our own, on our own heads and bodies, I guess, according to what Louise had to say. Yeah, well, there's the expression of we are our greatest competition. And that is true in many different perspectives. <laughs> um to think of it in a positive way that we should only be competing against ourselves to try to be better than our self yesterday but also the fact that we also fight against ourselves from being the best that we can be that's right yeah mm. yeah so the one thing that louise felt was the root cause of all problems was that we do not love ourselves sufficiently uh, she found that we repeatedly criticize ourselves. No kidding. And part of loving ourselves is never criticizing ourselves. 
And again, that is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Louise believed that no matter how we label or our, our self-criticism, um, whether it's I'm too old, young, early, late, skinny, fat, tall, short, pick something, it all boils down to the feeling I am not good enough and it's not loving yourself. Yeah. She beloved, she believed love is the miracle cure. So essentially when we love and approve of ourselves uh, exactly as it, as we are, it then creates organization in our minds and positive changes in all areas. So things in life just work better. So whether that's your health, relationships, creativity, and even financial things can just kind of happen naturally without us even trying to make them happen. Right. And as mentioned uh, before in this same episode, Louise documented her findings and the connections between the physical ailments and their probable mental or metaphysical causes or associations. So what we mean by this is um, Louise really believed that emotions can cause physical problems in the body. Mm. So in the work that I've been doing, um, I have really, really recognized um, that this subconscious mind is is running the show. We've made reference to that other times, but you know, it, it's it's true. Every day that goes by, it's more and more true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just with what you were saying too, a simple, because sometimes things like some of the examples that we're going to give, um, they can be hard to grasp at first when it's the first time that you're hearing of this kind of um, mindset. Uh, but just think of it as so when you have anxiety, for example, you feel that. And when someone says they feel anxiety, they don't say they feel it in their foot, they feel it in their gut, right? Or some people feel it in their chest. Um, so those connections are easy to correlate because everyone experiences this. But um, Louise uh, really believed that the subconscious mind does a lot more than we realize. So um, as just one example, uh, fear, uh, she believes, is can lead later on in life to baldness. Uh, it can lead to ulcers. Uh, it can lead to problems with your feet. So there's obvious connections between the two. Um, just it's it's interesting. Yeah. And these things, are, of course, are all from her perspective. But um, just through reading her book and uh, using the reference guide that is there, I have found a lot of things really do uh, line up. Mm -hmm. Another thing she uh, talked about was criticism, potentially causing arthritis in some people. And, you know, not necessarily everyone, but it all depends on how we process different things. You know, we've, we've seen two people experience the same incident. One person's like, yeah, no biggie. And the other one, you know, it can really, really affect them. So yeah, everybody's different. And um she had found through her work lots of correlations between I'm sure she just didn't find one person that this happened to she she uh, spent a long time studying this sort of thing she also found links between resentment and people developing cancer so mm. that that does make sense you know if you really think of what a cancer is and what resentment is you know resentment gets in there and it eats basically away at your soul right and mm -hmm. Yeah, it's certainly not a good thing to have around. <laughs> no. Well, and these are just a few examples, obviously. Uh, just thinking of when mom and I 
joke back and forth. Uh, even before starting today's episode, you know, I was like, oh, my eyes are watering. What is going on? And I'm like, are you crying inside, mom? So there's these little things that mom and I throw back and forth. Um, if we're coughing and oh gosh, I have there's a tickle in my throat. I don't know what's going on. And then you cough and I say, well, what's wrong? You got something to say. So these are things that Louise Hay has also suggested that certain things that happen, um, it's our subconscious mind trying to actually speak for us. Yeah. Or our not even subconscious mind, just our body, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So she even um, specifies that there's, depending on the side of the body, it can make a difference in what you might be dealing with as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, um, in a lot of the trainings I've had, it, it's not just a Louise Hay thing. It's uh, across the board, whether it's, you know, German New Medicine or whether it's uh, sound therapies or tuning forks or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and there is a belief uh, one to the other. There's different concepts, but uh, yeah, it's not just Louise Hay on this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. with, is it like just- the left, sorry? No, I was just going to explain it and you were just going to ask me to explain it. So Yeah, well, I was like, I, I, I kind of want you to talk about like the left versus the right side. Yes, what? so the left in most of the courses that I've had are, are all kind of of the same mindset and that's more the, the um, female energy, um, like woman, mother, girl, best friend kind of thing. It also uh, represents receptivity and the taking in. So, um, and that would be the left and on the right is the male or masculine energy you know the your father you know your boyfriend that kind of thing your husband um and it's also on that side the giving out or the letting go energy on that side Mm. so just as a simple example um just to awful whim here um so if i kept stubbing my right toe on the wall the door the whatever Um, (laughs) but let's just say for example I kept stubbing my toe holy geez like what is it with my right foot here what's going on and that would suggest that because it's you know me trying to move forward I'm trying to walk forward in life so to speak um that I'm having trouble walking forward um with some sort of male that's in my life so maybe I'm having trouble with moving forward in something with my boyfriend and that's why I keep stubbing my toe as an example yeah that's just a rough example because yeah. toes don't represent that but yes on that side uh so toes are actually I just looked it up that's why I was looking down <laughs> uh toes represent the minor details of the future so um yes and with your your right side left side that would still apply yeah yeah so moving forward and that so just as a rough example just kind of off the fly here but uh because I know it can be what do you mean the right side of your body the left side of your body and male female what's that even supposed to mean that's what it's suggesting yeah so there's actually a reference that I just referenced um <laughs> that she calls the list at the back of the book and the problems uh I mean of course not all physical ailments would be listed back there but a significant number of them are and uh she lists the problem the problem cause and the new thought pattern that could be used in place of the negative a negative thought pattern that you could be using right now so 
Um, we were going to do a couple of play-by-plays anyway, so I just happened to look up toes because Kennedy mentioned it, but um, <laughs> I have some other things written down here for knee pro. What's this mean? Uh, left side eyes. Richie eye. Richie eye. eye. <laughs> that I don't want to see in a female in my life. That must be you. So, okay. Turn off the camera then. <laughs> um. We were going to look at, I think we had here, knee problems. Yeah. So uh, knees are actually um, representing the forward movement and the ability to pivot or be flexible in your life. Uh, the association is st a stubborn pride or ego, fear, inability to bend or be flexible or won't give in or change directions. And her suggested new thought pattern would be to have like an affirmation of, forgiveness understanding and compassion so i'll bend and flow with ease all as well in my life type mm -hmm. of thing another yeah. example would be bladder problems so the probable cause would be anxiety or holding on to old ideas fear of letting go um being peed off would be a way to put it uh so what's that i said that's not the word we have written here <laughs> trying to be a little bit more pg but okay. um but yeah and this is another one that mom and i joke about uh you know oh, i keep having to go to the bathroom or i've got a nervous bladder you might have heard some people say uh and that's it's suggesting that you might be peed off about something or someone so the suggested new thought pattern would be i am comfortable and I comfortably and easily release release the old and welcome the new in my life i am safe yeah. So also back problems, they plague a lot of different people. And for this one, it, it has uh, differentiations depending on if it's lower, mid or upper back. Uh, the probable cause would be it represents support in your life. So quite often, once you get used to thinking in this type of world, it it comes to you naturally. Of course, ears are what you don't want to hear. Um, you know, eyes are what you don't want to see. It's a lot of real basic things. So of course, the back represents the support of life, because basically, it's supporting your body too, right? So uh, the lower back is fear of money or a lack of financial support, according to Louise. Uh, mid would be guilt. So all of that stuff and junk that you have stuck back there, like kind of get off my back. Um, and your upper back, uh, she had it written down as lack of emotional support, feeling unloved or holding back love. Um, I've also heard it mentioned from other sources that it's like it's guilt and pressure. You know, you see somebody walking with the rounded shoulders and the hunchback and, you know, kind of it goes with the looking down and uh, just a, a life is heavy, you know, that kind of thing. So there's uh, all different kinds of new thought patterns. There's an example for each one that she gives. And Kennedy and I both have um, had different experiences that we thought we'd mention a couple different ones that uh, we've applied to Louise's uh, thinking from her book here and used it against some of the issues that we've we've dealt with. So Kennedy, do you want to talk about? Yeah. Your uh so as you were 
talking, I was trying to think, um, as you were kind of leading me into it, I was trying to think, was it the left side that I had them on or the right side? And I can't remember. I want to say it was the right side. But um, anyways, when I was younger, I don't know if I always had them. Do you remember if I always had them? No, you didn't always have them. Yeah. So I just remember being in my early teens that this would have been like, middle school-ish, maybe late elementary into middle school. I had warts on my hand, actually. Uh, So I don't know. There was one prominent large one, and there were a couple other little ones scattered around. It was like my index middle finger. So I just had a couple. And um, anyway, but I was super self-conscious about them, obviously, because they're out in the open. We tried everything to get rid of those. What's that? We tried everything to get rid of them. Yeah, because I was so self-conscious, you know, there was this, uh, I don't know, something we bought at the pharmacy, you you put it on at nighttime, and you're supposed to wake up, supposed to dry them out, or we tried, there's a the duct tape, duct taped um, trick where you tape them, and it's supposed to, I don't know, peel off the root, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, we tried many different things. Um, and I just remember being so desperate uh, because I was super self-conscious about them. And, you know, that's a prime age where you're just trying to fit in and then you've got these warts on your hands. And so I decided, mom suggested that I try. And we had a family friend also mention um, because she lives um, and believes what Louise's uh, books have been putting out there that uh Basically, I just would touch my hand and I would say with the intention, I love you warts, would you please go away? And I said that 10 times a day with true meaning behind it. And I don't, I mean, I was younger. I don't know how long it took, but shocker, they're gone. I don't have them anymore. And it only happened later. No. What's that? I said 10 years later. Right. No, but no just... it was a few months. It didn't take very long. And when we say we tried everything to get rid of these warts on my hand, we mean we tried everything. And until I started going, I love you warts, would you please go, please go away? I love you warts. Would you please go away? I love you warts. Would you please go away? 10 times a day. That's when they went away. Yeah. I just looked it up here. Um, little expressions of hate, belief in ugliness. So um, that could have been something you were going through middle school. You know, that's a pretty fragile time. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the reinforcement here or the affirmation, I guess, I am the love and the beauty of life in, a, in full expression. But of course, you know, you were what, grade four, grade five, grade six, something like that. And to say that wouldn't have meant as much, you know, to yourself to to just do it the simple, basic way that you did it yourself. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was only because of my mom's suggestion and a family friend, give it a shot. What do you got to lose? And that's the only thing that got rid of them. Yeah. And I, I've seen me uh, use similar principles in issues that I've had. Uh, one I did want to mention was nausea, and that's often linked with fear. And I mean, come on, people, this isn't rocket science. You know, your kid goes to school, they come home and they have a tummy ache. Well, chances are something happened at school that frightened them or they're feeling insecure. And a lot of GI issues are linked with fear anyway. So Mm. yeah, have used that one a lot along the way. So um, I just thought I'd bring that up. It's something that almost everyone could relate to, I believe. Yeah, it's very true. 
Yeah, so, so we realize that some of you might be familiar with some of these concepts already, but for some, this might be the first time ever hearing that there's even a possibility of having a correlation between emotions and physical causes in our body. But if we know one thing for sure, it's the more we know, the more we realize we didn't know. Yeah. And that, and that being said, science is making new discoveries all the time in the links of neurochemistry. It's now recognized that different organs and even different parts of the spinal cord are connected to certain emotions. So today's episode is just another example of things that make you go, hmm, and something that we're sure some of you will choose to investigate further on your own. Yeah. We're going to leave you here today with uh, a quote from Louise Hay. And she says, you've been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Yeah. So we'll see you next week. See you guys. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast at outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.